0: Welcome everybody to the Friar Talk Podcast. Today, we're going to be going over the Padres' top 10 prospects. And this is our list. So if you disagree, you know, you think it should be a little bit different, just comment that below. Let us know what you think. But we're going to be going from 10 to 1 today. And let's get started off with number 10, Justin Lange. Uh, if you don't know about this guy, crazy athletic profile. He's six four, two 220 pounds now. But they have basically like... Stage photos of his, I guess, growth and just like strength buildup from, I think it was junior to high school, junior year of high school to senior year of high school. And it's really impressive. He basically went from around like 170 pounds to 220 pounds and is an absolute tank now. Also, he grew his fastball, I think it was up by 10 miles per hour. So incredible stuff from him. Uh, Chase, what do you have for him?
1: He was one of those guys that he could be taken in the first round if a team wanted to. If not, he could go in later. The Padres was really interested in since he has such athletic prowess. He lacks in some secondary because since he was in high school, you know, when you throw a 98, 100 miles per hour against high school hitters, you probably don't need to throw the slider too often. So he just needs to work on his slider. And I believe he's developing a change up. But the other problem that he was having was with control, but with some proper uh, with some pop, proper pitching coaches, he'll be fine. So, you know, he's a young kid with the proper coaching, he'll be fine. Whether or not he can keep that velocity deep into games will be another question that needs to be answered.
2: And uh, from what I've read, just uh, like on MLB.com and all that, he has the tools to be an ace type of player. What I realistically see him being like a, Fourth, fifth starter, which is perfect considering what we have in our rotation right now. Uh, I've seen he's reached up to 100 miles per hour. That's always really nice to see, and just uh, just from the the developmental aspect, like the strides he's he's made in terms of you know his athletic build and adding velocity to his fastball. You can see that he has a really good work ethic. I think that's what what I really like about some of these players.
0: Absolutely, and I'll just go over his grades really quickly, and then we'll move on from him. But Fastball seventy, slider fifty five, changeup forty five, control forty five, and overall forty five. He's a very raw player. He's only nineteen years old, uh, and I think that's something that's actually really important because his ETA is twenty twenty four, and that's when a lot of the Padres' current starting pitches pitchers will be on the open market. So this is a guy that could eventually emerge as one of their most important pieces in the bowl or in the rotation. Um, but then moving on from him at number nine. We have Anderson Espinoza, um, someone that I think everyone has heard about, but we have him pretty high. That's because of just the potential that this guy brings to the table. Uh 23 years old now, he's had Tommy John, what is it two times? Two times. Chase is it two times? Yeah, two times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's someone that's that's been comped to Pedro Martinez, you know, someone that is just hasn't has a chance to be a really, really good pitcher. And injuries have derailed his career up to this point, but the potential is massive. 65-grade fastball, 55-grade curveball, 55-grade changeup. Um, He has a chance to be something very, very special.
1: And the reason we have him so high now is that he's starting to throw again. He's throwing some bullpens. He should be getting some game action soon. I was reading some stuff about that. So depending on how he goes on from there, he could either – be developed into a starter for the Padres, or if not, man, he'd be one scary bullpen arm. He can go a few, he could almost be like Josh, the right-handed Josh Hader. He could go those multiple innings that you need him to and be shut down for those two innings.
2: Yeah, he's still only 22, you know, even coming off two Tommy John injuries, but like Chase said, if he could be like a right-handed Josh Hader, can you imagine like someone like Espinosa coming in after someone like Lamet or, you know, Darvish or any, any of these kind of guys, that's a that's a big advantage to have but uh i've seen the immense upside a lot of people have talked about his upside and even after two tommy john surgeries everyone still talks about him very highly so that just kind of shows what kind of player he is and the immense upside he has especially when you're compared to someone like pedro martinez you know that's very exciting so he's rightfully number nine
0: that's not a a light comparison whatsoever pedro martinez pretty pretty special stuff from him i really hope that espinosa it continues to stay healthy because he can have a very, very bright future if that's the case. Uh, But moving on to number eight on our list, Tucapita Marcano. I think I said it right. Looking at him, he's just a very solid player. He's a lefty, but he throws righty. 21 years old, six feet tall, 170 pounds. Uh, It looks like he might make his way to the bigs this year because he has been absolutely tearing it up in spring training. So that's something that's definitely worth keeping an eye on. But... Overall, he's just pretty solid. He's a pretty overall good player. 55 great hit, 45 power, 55 run, 50 arm, 50 field, 50 overall. Um, So he looks like he could just be a solid MLB player. Um, Potentially could be, I don't know if he's going to be playing, where he's going to be playing. He played center field, I think it was, you said the other day, Chase. Was it today he played center field? It was today. Yeah. So he could play all over the place, um, but very interesting. I do, however, think that he's probably a trade piece, most likely, especially after this hot spring, because uh, we've seen the Padres been rumored to hate or, you know, been rumored to a lot of these these big names. And he could be a guy that another team thinks steal he'll be starter. But that's where I stand on him.
1: He is definitely roadblocked right now. He was signed to the Padres as a middle infielder. Uh, shortstop maybe second base but the Padres have kind of been playing him all over the spring training I've seen him in left I've seen him in center I don't think he's had any games in right so it looks like they see what he can do with the bat and they're just trying to find a position if need be but we kind of already have a couple of super utility players in Kim if he makes the roster and Cronenworth and Profar so it'll be interesting to see what the Padres do with him
2: yeah, I think one of the the most interesting things that I was reading up on him was that he has really good. Uh, he's a really good contact hitter. He only has an eight uh, percent strikeout rate, but I heard he doesn't have a lot of power. But luckily for him, you know, while trying to add power to his game, his strikeout rate is so low that it won't really affect him. Where you know he can afford to strike mm-hmm. out a little more, especially adding a little more power to his game. I also think he's a trade piece. You know, Chase wants to keep him around. I'm sorry, Chase. That's just how, I feel. you know, that's that's definitely a great a great uh, piece for any other organization to have, and it's a great piece for us to have knowing that he's so good and that we already have so much talent that he would only add to our talent pool.
0: Yeah, I think there is a chance that we see him opening day and we see him at the beginning of the season. Definitely a name that will at least be talked about at the trade deadline or at least be rumored to be talked about at the trade deadline. But at number seven, we kind of have another guy I think is in the same boat Reggie Lawson, obviously the, the Padres have a very formidable starting rotation and they have Clev injured. They have Ryan Weathers. They have a lot of different young pitchers, Mackenzie Gore, who we'll get to later on. Um, but we just, they have a lot of young starting pitchers and it seems like Reggie Lawson minded end up being the odd man out just because they have this mix of veteran players and then top end prospects that are also pitchers. Um, so I think this is another name that's going to get at least talked about at the trade deadline, and and for Reggie Lawson, this is his year that he's supposed to be entering the MLB. Um, Sixty grade fastball, it's mid nineties, uh, fifty five curveball, fifty changeup, but he needs to work on his control a little bit, um, and his curveball's mid seventies, so he can become a good starting pitcher. I think. I think he'll. He kind of projects as a three to four, maybe a five guy, if you have a really solid rotation, but this is another guy that's just kind of on the outside looking in. So I do think that he's a guy that's, and this isn't trying to to disrespect him, but he's not quite on that very elite level that some of the other prospects are at. And so I think that he's going to get, he's probably going to get moved and it's going to be a move where it's, you know, the Padres going all in on one of these next few years.
1: Reading about him, you'd see that his ERA isn't the best when you look at it compared to like some of the other top prospects, but they say that he's very inconsistent. He shows very good flashes of brilliance when he starts the pitch right, but then it gets off track. So his main thing is he needs to get consistent, find the zone, develop his curveball. His curveball is fine, but he's starting to develop a changeup that scouts can believe that could be either average to above average. So he's just kind of roadblocked. We have a lot of right-handed pitching. We're probably going to give the lefties that are ahead of him a shot. So he's just trade bait, I believe.
2: Yeah, uh, he's still only 23. He did have a Tommy John surgery, but uh, he was hitting his fastball on 96, 97. Chase brought up his curveball, has a good curveball. He has potential to be like a number two, number three starter, in my opinion. But maybe not with us. And and I think we said this in a prior video. Most of these guys seem destined for the bullpen, I think in my opinion. But that's not a knock to their talent. It's just a nod to the talent we already have on our big league roster. Because we have so much depth already that that these guys it's okay if they're bullpen arms, but this guy does seem like trade bait. Um he'd be great in another organization, you know, but I don't really think we need him.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's like, oh, this guy's a good player, but he's probably going to get moved. And now we said that for a couple of these guys. Uh, not to, to come across negative, but I like that we kind of had a couple guys like that early on because I think it emphasizes how special some of these guys are ahead of them. Um, and, and that next guy is Haseon Kim. So, so far Haseon Kim hasn't looked too great in spring training. He has 18 at-bats, only two hits, seven strikeouts. So it's he's struggled early on. Uh, But I think we talked about this in another pod or maybe it was off air, but basically Chase was talking to me about that it's going to take him a while to catch up to MLB velocity. So do you want to get into that a little bit, maybe why he struggled early on?
1: Yeah. So when I was just looking at some tape and it was mostly highlights because there isn't a lot from the KBO, it was mostly the pitchers are throwing between like 88 and maybe 92 tops. If not a little slower than eighty-eight, sometimes so the velocity just isn't the same compared to when compared to MLB pitchers. Like when you have somebody like Degrom, whose average fastball is like ninety-eight miles per hour for a whole start, topping out at one hundred two. Going from that to that is a huge adjustment. So he start you can see him starting to make the adjustments in his first game. I know the stat line doesn't say everything, but in his first game, he made some really solid contact and we can't watch all this because they're not on air. So that stat line could be misleading, but I just think he's going to take a little more time. Maybe if a couple of months in, he'll start to be that player that he signed for us to be.
2: Yeah, and I think that was the most surprising thing about Seong Kim was that um, he came into our organization and he's immediately expected to be the second baseman. And what's funny to me is that I thought Jay Cronenworth, when the when the original signing happened, I was like, okay, Jay Cronenworth is still gonna be a starting second baseman. This guy's just gonna be a really nice depth piece to have. But it was automatically assumed he's gonna be our new second baseman, which is good. Like it just it just shows us that like he's got talent, he can play at the big league level, but it like Chase said, it will take a little bit of time. Um, you know, coming from the KBO to, to the MLB is a huge step. I mean, we've seen a bunch of guys not exactly pan out. We saw my Where did Tanaka come from, the KBO or a different one? Japan. Japan. So, you know, it takes time and hopefully Haseon Kim pans out. He has a a lot of power. He has good speed. He's a good fielder. So he definitely has the tools to pan out. But if he doesn't pan out, we got guys in back of him that are able to take that spot.
0: Yeah, and I think he's the only guy on this list that is, like, borderline a prospect because... Maybe some of these other guys have a couple at bats, like Luis Compensano. He has three at-bats total. But Haseon Kim doesn't have any MLB experience, but he is expected to be that opening day second baseman, which maybe was a little bit too much to ask for, or I guess think that we were going to get right off the bat, which is totally okay. Because first spring training, first time seeing a lot of these MLB pitchers, uh, maybe a little bit higher level of play that he's used to. And it's gonna there's gonna be a little growth period. I don't think there's any reason to panic over this at all. Um, I I definitely don't. Um, It's going to take him a second to get adjusted. And once he does that, I think he's going to be a very good player. I think that he will, I think he will look like a starting second baseman in a few months. And I think that's what the Padres are hoping for. You know, you can have Jake Cronenworth be that guy, especially at the beginning of the year where I Kim's kind of like catching up and he's going to have to play a little bit of catch up, but I think that's fine. I think that he'll end up being just all right with that. And I think, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and hopefully we can kind of monitor him a little bit and see how he progresses. But with all that said, let's move to number five, who is also another player that is in their first spring training and is also struggling a lot. Um, and that is Robert Hassel. So Robert Hassel is in a bit of a different situation than Ha-Seon Kim because Hassel's not expected to start anytime soon. He's only 19 years old, left-handed batter, six two, 195 pounds. He potentially can be the future center fielder. I think that the Padres want Trenton Grisham to be that guy, but he's, he's a prospect that was taken in the first round in 2020 eighth overall, a lot of draft capital into him, very exciting player. And the fact that he struggled early on in spring, I mean, he's 19 years old. He was born in 2001. Us three are all very young people and he's all he's younger <laughs> than all of us. And that that's very, that's a big deal too. When you start talking about these guys, like they're literal kids. He is 19 years old. He's a teenager. So the fact that he's struggled um, and Chase, you can get into like how big of these struggles they are because they are massive. Um, but another, another guy, like no reason to panic about it.
1: He had 17 at bat so far in spring training and he has 12 strikeouts. You know, that's a little concerning, but when you look at his age and seeing the level of competition he's facing, you realize he's just going to go through some growing pains and he's going to learn what he has to work on. But Man, this kid could be an amazing player. He's either going to be probably our center fielder of the future, if not right fielder. Coming into the draft, he was being compared to Bellinger and Yelich, though I'm thinking he's more going to be like the Yelich that he was on the Marlins, which was a really solid player. You know, he was give you 270, 20 to 25 home 20 spaces. Getting that and everyday premium defense in center or right field is all you can ask for, man.
2: Yeah, and relating back to his struggles, you guys brought up that heel in 19, but also we drafted him out of high school. So this is, like, really his first thing. I mean, come on, he's seen, like, 25, 26, up to 30-something-year-olds like that are pumping gas at him. Like, it's okay, you know, he's going to strike out a bunch. It's all right. It's going to be an adjustment period. Any baseball players listening, you guys can uh, you guys can attest that going from, like, 85 miles per hour to seeing guys pumping 95-plus is a huge difference, it's really hard to hit. Robert Hassel definitely has the potential to be an everyday player. I think he's going to be a really solid player. He has a lot of power coming out of the draft. He had a—I'm pretty sure he had the best hit tool. He was the best hitter in the draft. So that's a—you uh, know—that's very impressive. And it's, it's uh, if he's going to be our right fielder, center fielder, whatever it is—you know—great defense, great hitter. What else can we ask for?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Someone that's very exciting. Another guy that's a few years away, but still very exciting. It, it's fun to get excited over these guys because we've already seen a wave of them become successful and that's what makes it like, okay, like, yeah, like the Potters are winning now, but they also have all these prospects, these high end level prospects coming up. And I think he's one of those guys that, yeah, he's ranked right now. What is it? Five in our system, but he's probably going to graduate and be one or two at one point in in his career. So very exciting. Um, I think that we're going to see him to continue to develop and, and maybe these struggles early on kind of fuel him for the next couple of seasons. And we see him, tear it up when he gets to go against a lower to go against the lower level pitching. Um, But number four on our list is a guy who we are going to probably be talking about on Tuesday. An episode will probably come out about him. Um, This is Luis Campinsano because it's campo season right now because Austin Nola just broke Mm -hmm. his left hand. Um, That's what it was, right? Broken left hand. It was, I think
1: a couple fingers,
0: a couple fingers. Okay. Yeah. But he's going to be out for some time. Um, so Campo's fighting for a starting catching position, maybe, um, at least early on in the year. So we'll see how that turns out. And he's a guy a little bit older than some of these other players, 22 years old, righty, 5'11", 232. He's a good good hitter, solid fielder at the catcher position. Um, he has a good arm, though. He's a really good arm, 60 great arm. Um, and he has some pop in his bat, too. But I think that he's a, he's a player that's very exciting. Um, he did get in trouble uh, this offseason with a bunch of weed (laughs) where was it was it it was in the south right alabama Georgia.
1: oh no i think it was it was either georgia or alabama
0: yeah i don't know why i don't know why he's he's going hanging out in the south with a bunch of weed because he he lives in california during the baseball season so like dude i don't know what you're doing there but as a player very excellent player uh very exciting player i think he's been pretty solid in spring training i want to say I think he said like around 270, uh in like 15 at bats. I want to say that's what I checked it was. I, I checked it a second ago. I'm not looking at it right now. But very exciting. Uh 3 three. I'll go to you, Chase. Um, and we definitely are gonna get we're gonna get more in depth with him. But Chase, what do you think about Campo and him potentially starting this this year?
1: When he starts, he's not gonna be catching you Darvish. Caratini is you Darvish's personal catcher. We kind of traded for him. So it's gonna be interesting to see how those two play out because carrot is Already been proven to be a pretty solid MLB catcher, and to have Campusano kind of learn from him and Dola. So that's what I kind of see it as. Campusano maybe starting like maybe one, two games a week, and then Caratini doing the rest just so that Campusano gets in action. And then if Campusano then manages to out-hit and out-produce Caratini, then he will get that starting job. But. I still see that Campuzana is going to be like the underling and learn a little bit more, and take it slower into the MLB level. That's how I see it.
2: Yeah, and I just want to throw it out there that we're going from uh, last season going in with Austin Hedges and Francisco Mejia, two guys who felt like, come on, they felt like they were guaranteed outs. They felt like they were guaranteed outs. And now we're going in with Nola and Campy. I mean, Nola's hurt, but you know, later in the season, we're going to have Nola and Campy who are, who are more known to be good hitters. You know, you know, any fans listening, you know, if you guys watched last season, you guys saw uh, Campusano made his debut against the A's, and he had, uh, he had three at-bats. He he went yard in one of them, so that's good to see. He has good power. He's going to be a really good hitter. Uh, if the DH comes, you know, anytime soon, you could probably see him getting more at-bats, whether it be at catcher or at DH because, I mean, he's a good hitter. I don't really know too much about his defense, but hopefully we can see him this year, and I think he's going to be a really successful catcher at the big league level.
0: It's very – very interesting whether or not he's going to be back there. Um, I think that he will He'll. We'll probably see Compensano early on in the year. I think that's what's kind of expected. But I think you guys hit on a lot of the points really well, so I'll move on from him. So number three, Ryan Weathers, the guy I absolutely love. I think he is incredibly underrated. He's a lefty. Um, he actually hits right-handed weird. Uh, but 21 years old. 6'1", 230. He's a big dude. We saw him come in in playoff baseball, and he was absolutely pumping. I don't know why he didn't get another inning. Uh, I, that that remains to be seen, um, but I think that he's a guy that's fighting for that fifth ro- spot, or I guess sixth spot, because um, it seems like Chris Paddock will be the fifth guy in the rotation, but he's a guy that's, that's fighting for that sixth spot, and Honestly, going into spring training, I thought that he would win uh, win that job over McKenzie Gore, even though I think Mackenzie Gore will, I think he projects to be the better pro. But Ryan Weathers is really underrated. Um, we saw him, obviously, in MLB, and he looked fantastic. And that was only an inning. But he was the seventh overall draft pick in 2018, and he really hasn't underwhelmed at all. He's been a great player from from the get-go, and I think that we're just going to see him to continue to ascend and hopefully earn that 6 Six spot in the rotation and then become a, a force for the Padres. Maybe he's a bullpen guy. Maybe he's a reliever that'll come in and pitch three, four innings, or maybe he just earns a job as a sp- starter. I think that's what you really want to see because if he goes in there and he's too good to remove from the rotation, that's best case scenario.
1: We got a three ray battle right now going on for that six between Mordejon, who was really good a couple of days ago, man. He was spot on. Weathers pitched today. He went three innings, gave up two earned runs, and had two strikeouts. He's getting looked at a little bit more because Jose Castillo got hurt. So there's a lot more eyes on him because he's either going to battle for that six spot or you know what? He might come out of the bullpen like he did in the playoff games and be lights out like that. You know, we can use him in multiple different ways. And I wonder what the Padres are going to do with him. If he doesn't win that sixth spot, I think he's coming out of the bullpen. Either way, I think he's going to be on this opening day roster.
2: Yeah, when it comes to that sixth spot, you know, uh Hone is probably the most ready for it, seeing how he he's had a couple successful stints in the MLB where he's pitched really nice, solid innings. It's pretty rare that he struggles in the MLB so far, just based off what we've seen. So he's probably the most ready. But Ryan Weathers, that you know, that game he pitched against the Dodgers with lights out. It was beautiful. It was like it was like a thing of art considering you know the pitching struggles we went through in that series. So it was really good to see that out of him, especially considering he is one of our top prospects. You know, he could project out to be a number two, number three starter uh when all these guys' contracts are up. But for right now, if he's a bullpen piece, man, that is like that's it's like a luxury to have as a bullpen piece. He's just that good.
0: It really speaks to the depth depth of the Padres organization. So for number one. We did it a little bit different because we are down to our final two guys. I think everyone knows who those two guys are. But we have decided to do a 1A, 1B scenario, so we kind of copped out on making someone number two. But we are <laughs> going with C.J. Abrams at 1A and Mackenzie Gore at 1B. And I know that's not a very common thing, but C.J. Abrams is really, really special. He's been phenomenal this spring training. Um, he got a hit off Bauer. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, pretty awesome because that was when Bauer was talking about how he pitched with his eyes closed, and all of the comments were, "Yeah, but CJ Abrams owns you." Um, so I <laughs> love that. But Abrams, man, he comes in, balls out in rookie ball. Six foot two, hundred eighty five pounds. He projects for most most franchises to be their, you know, star shortstop of the future. But the Padres already got a guy in that department, so pretty sweet for us. Um, maybe coming across a little arrogant for, for, uh, the Padres fans here, but I mean, we haven't had this, this excitement for at a, at a middle infield spot. I remember being excited about Alexi Amarista. So I think it's fair for us to kind of flaunt our guys out here. So Abrams, he's going to have to be that second baseman of the future if he's not moved to center field, but chase, how does this guy project, man? How, how what do you think? How special is he?
1: He is very special, man. You don't get too many people with 80-grade speed that can just fly around the bases like Abrams. Uh, There was that video. I know you guys saw it. Viewers might not have. He hit a fall to right center. And by the time it got back to the relay, he was practically jogging into third base. He rounded the bases in 11 seconds, which not too many people can do. I think there was only one other player in the MLB that got it just around there that's some special speed he's projected to, you know hit between 10 and 20 home runs he's going to play solid defense has an arm can hit for contact he's going to be a special player I see him kind of being like Trey Turner on the Nationals him if he can be anything around there him and Tatis up the middle are going to be one dangerous duo yeah
2: and I mean I think 80 great speed says it all I mean that's very rare you know, Chase brings up Trey Turner. You know, eventually we're going to have a Manny, Fernando, C.J., and then hopefully God bless him <laughs> we'll the out of there. But, you know, that pretty soon that's going to be our infield. You know, that's a dream infield. That's beautiful to see. Chase brings up Trey Turner. Trey Turner has a career batting average of 296. If C.J. can sit around that career batting average, you know, seeing how he's going to steal a lot of bases, he's going to play great defense, just a little example, Fernando throws 93 across the diamond. C.J. Abrams throws like 91-92. So he's going to be really good defense. He's going to do everything right. Maybe in the power department, he's not going to be very strong, but we don't really need that because we already have a lot of good power hitters on our roster. So he's going to be one of those guys, you know, he's going to get on bases. And he's going to be able to, you know, score a lot of runs for us.
0: When it's him and Fernando Tatis at a, a t- the top of the lineup, that's going to be really scary for opposing catchers because if one of those two guys gets on, they could steal a base at any moment. And I mean, the Padres already have fast players and Will Myers and Tommy Tham and stuff, but I think Fernando Tatis and CJ Abrams are just a different breed when it comes to speed. And that's something that's going to be super fun to watch. I mean, especially because everyone talks about the Padres as this very exciting team and one of the most exciting guys isn't even up to the bigs yet. So that's – I mean, I think that it's everyone should just be super hyped about what that dude can become because he can be – he can be like – I mean, you said Trey Turner, but I feel like he can be almost like – maybe not Lindor-like, but maybe like a, a better hitting version of D Gordon just like – because D Gordon was so fun to watch. Um, so hopefully he kind of turns into that player. But our 1B guy, Mackenzie Gore – think everybody, anyone that's ever watched a Padres game knows who Mackenzie Gore is, even though he's never pitched for this, the actual San Diego Padres. But the number three overall pick who had a high school ERA, was it of .19? Like he allowed one run, struck out like it was like 150 people and like walked like six dudes. The high school numbers are absolutely incredible um, because they're like totally video game-like. They're really cool. So Mackenzie Gore has a, a fastball a good curveball, a good slider, a good changeup. You know, he has that four pitch mix, but he has everything it takes to become a true number one ace. And I think that he projects to become that for the San Diego Padres.
1: You know, we were all kind of expecting him to come up last year. And then we heard that he had some command issues. His mechanics were kind of wonky. You know, he took all this time to clean him up. He's looked really solid in spring training. So I really think it's between him and Morton to win that sixth spot. And so it's gonna be a battle between those two. But if Gore doesn't get it now, man, he's gonna be ready for it next year. He's just gonna use all this time to refine everything he has. His fastball played really well. He struck out like four hitters with it. His curveball looks great. His slider looks great. His change-up gonna be really solid. You know, they compared him to, I believe it was Kershaw coming out of high school. So if he can be anything to what young Kershaw was, man we will have a rotation for the future
2: yeah and uh that was kind of my bold prediction i was going to say right now that this is going to be our new clayton kershaw that's pretty much that's all i really want i just want to see an ace like that i just want to see like you know a superstar pitcher that's going to be our cy young winner and i think that's what Mackenzie gore is going to project out to be i'm hoping you know that's what he is Four pitch mix you know solid velocity and even though he does have command issues and the command issues have shown a little bit in spring training you know, we got to remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is first spring training, you know, so he's just he's just getting acclimated to, you know, the speed of the game. And, and uh, you know, his command issues are going to fix themselves. He's that good of a pitcher. I definitely think he's going to be our future ace.
0: I like how you said, I just want him to be Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> 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 I think that speaks to how good of a player he's been talked about. Cause that's like the guy that he's usually compared to. I think it's mostly because the release looks so similar, but why not, man? Why, why can't we have a Clayton Kershaw? I'm, I'm all for it. I uh, chase, did you ha- kind of want to talk real quick before we head out? Uh, just about like what the USD camp meant to a guy like McKenzie Gore.
1: It meant everything to it, man, because all the coaches around him, they could help them sort out his mechanics, which will help his command issues will help his velocity help get a better release for his off speeds. It just helps him progress further than he might a minor league season where he might've kept making the same mistakes over and over again, without a coach really being there to like, Hey, this is what you need to fix. This is how we're going to fix it. You're going to get all the SIM games you need. If not, during those sim games, we can tell you, all right, Hey, look, this looked wrong. We can stop the sim game and do this just for his growth. It was a huge year for him.
0: Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for today's episode, but I want to say thanks for everyone who watched. If you liked it, leave a like, leave a comment. If you disagree with our stuff, leave a comment as well. Like I want to hear what other people think, but if you like this type of content and you're looking for a San Diego Padres channel, make sure to subscribe, do all that stuff. We're going to be posting quite a bit. Hopefully we have something out about Compensano potentially being the Padres starting center uh, come April 1st, but we should have that out in the next couple of days. But this was a fun little, I guess, like playlist that we made for the San Diego Padres top 30. So if you, if this is the first one you saw, um, we have an 11 through 20, we have a 21 through 30. So make sure to check that out. But thanks again for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you guys soon.